Welcome to this three-part roundtable discussion with the faculty of the Educational Initiative Optimizing Postoperative Pain Management, Role of Local Anesthetics. This discussion was produced by ASHP Advantage and supported by an educational grant from Pacira Pharmaceuticals, Inc. It was recorded in December 2013 during the 48th ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting and Exhibition in Orlando. Part one of the podcast series focuses on the role of pharmacists in managing postoperative pain. Hello, my name is Julie Golombuski, and I'm a clinical associate professor specializing in anesthesia and pain at the University of Illinois Hospital and Health Sciences System. I'm also on the faculty of the Colleges of Pharmacy and Medicine at the University of Illinois in Chicago. I am very pleased to serve as faculty and chair of this educational initiative. Joining me today is Dr. Virginia Gafour, who is a pharmacy specialist in pain management at the University of Minnesota Medical Center in Minneapolis. She also currently serves on the ASHP Advisor Group for Pain Management and Palliative Care. Welcome, Ginny. Thanks, Julie. It's great to be here. Also here is Dr. Leslie Schechter. Leslie is an advanced practice pharmacist specializing in pain management and nutrition support at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia, and she is on the faculty at the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy at the University of the Sciences. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. When discussing the management of postoperative pain in hospitals or surgery centers, so often we hear the term multimodal therapy or multimodal analgesia. Leslie, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Pain involves multiple mechanisms. It's not just one single incision that's generally causing the pain. Multimodal analgesia is really the administration of two or more drugs that act by different mechanisms, either given the same route or by different routes, to help with the management of the pain. In general, you think about using opiates and then non-opiates. And it's just a determination what is going to be the best drugs to be able to provide will really depend a lot on the surgery, the experience of the surgeon, and how well their pain has been managed and how we're going to look at this. So that's just the basics of it. Deciding on what the drug is that you're going to be adding to make multimodal therapy is a bit more complex. And I think that one place to start is we know we should use multimodal therapy. The ASA recommends utilization of acetaminophen, NSAIDs, pregabalin, and gabapentin and local anesthetics. So you have a choice. Do you need to use them all? Probably not, but I think that you have to evaluate what the surgery is that's going to be happening and what's going to be beneficial and what has been shown to be clinically valuable in the type of procedure that you're looking at. And I think that prospect, um, going on the web and looking at that, can at least give you a starting point as to what drugs might need to be added if you just have a a physician that tends to just use opiate-based therapy. And the multimodal therapy has become um, a very hot topic when we have been structuring order sets because there's two schools of thought. There's some physicians that want to see all of the available drug classes, the NSAID, the acetaminophen, the opioid, the local anesthetic, and your gabapentinoids available and have some option for having them all started at once. There are other schools that are saying we're throwing everything and the kitchen sink on this patient all at once, and how do we know, A, they really work, and the patient has the type of pain that would need all of these medications at once, and 
Some people feel that, you know, adding all of these drugs at once will increase the side effects. So what we've tried to do is designate pre-op order sets before the patient comes in that do have one-time doses of an NSAID, a gabapentinoid, and an opioid to try to prevent some of the really severe pain. And we see that with a lot of our orthopedic order sets sometimes, just as an example. And then postoperatively, they'll have choices for a local anesthetic, opioid, and NSAID or acetaminophen dependent depending upon the patient's some surgery and the risks after surgery. And then there's other options down the road that say for additional therapies, these may be used under these situations where you're seeing that the patient has neuropathic pain or they came in with neuropathic pain. I'm putting some qualifiers on that to try to help guide the multimodal analgesia because I think at least at our site, we're all in agreement that we just don't want to throw every pain medication on and not understand what its use would be. Oh, I agree with that. And actually, in my institution, for example, in bariatric surgery, we know that patients may likely need to be rescued with opioids postoperatively. However, you certainly want to minimize their use in that patient population. And because we do a lot of those surgeries robotically, our surgeons believe that they really want to maximize the local anesthetic in order to really prevent the pain that's originating from those sites. And so, again, it's thinking about the type of surgery and the patient population and identifying what the team believes is the most appropriate regimen for that particular patient and type of surgery. The other thing to keep in mind is the challenging patient who's opiate tolerant. Mm -hmm. So you have the patient who already is coming in. They're on some sort of opiate regimen, whether it's with long-acting or short-acting, and they come out post-op with excruciating pain that the surgeon isn't able to manage. So um, many times at our institution, and I know this is difficult for smaller hospitals that may not have a pain service, but we have started to use ketamine more in order to help with the ability to better manage the pain in these patients. And the guidelines that we utilize have really been beneficial in these patients. The biggest thing that can be done in order to help these kind of patients is to identify them pre-op so that you're not trying to chase your tail a day after surgery, that they're in so much pain they can't handle it. So again, the evaluation pre-op that this might be a patient who would benefit from this type of therapy would be helpful. Oh, I agree with that as well, Leslie. In that way, the intervention can start intraoperatively. They can start the ketamine then and then continue it postoperatively when you have this protocol and everything in place to maximize it and really help those patients because we use it as well and for the same reason and we have seen fairly good success with it. Right. And that patient population, that may be more of the patient that would benefit from using several of the different drugs with the opiates, whereas somebody who came in who's opiate naive may not actually benefit from that. The other thing I think we have to keep in mind is when you're looking at multimodal therapy, I'm, I don't think any of us feel that all these drugs are good for all patients, that you have to clearly clinically assess what's going on with the patient. If you have somebody who has a history of GI bleeds, if you have somebody who has some other contraindication to an NSAID, you wouldn't use it. If you have somebody who has alcohol cirrhosis, you wouldn't use the acetaminophen. Again, it's very important to know what's going on with your patient to try to determine what might be a good drug of choice. This concludes this part of the roundtable discussion. If you'd like to hear more about optimizing the management of postoperative pain, please listen to the other two parts of this podcast series. In addition, two web-based continuing pharmacy education activities on this topic will be available, one in March and the other in April 2014. To access these activities and other educational opportunities on this topic, visit the web portal 
at www.ashpadvantage.com forward slash postop pane.